Mike Kissarm. Welcome to the Kiss FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today. Nothing is into your head. I hope you don't do any damage. This is a Kiss-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to episode 168 of the Kiss FAQ Podcast. I'm your host, Julian Gill, and I am joined by the gang. We got Lonnie, St. Louis Kiss. We got Marcus Almighty, Mark. And we got the voice of reason, Ken, 69th Blizzard on the board. It's your usual panel, and we're all back together again. So, um, news. Well, Ken and I just uh, did a great phone interview with Big John Hart. That'll be going up tonight, Thursday. This episode will follow a couple days later, so you'll figure it out when you see it all online. A big thank you to Big John for taking the time to talk with us. And uh, just uh, don't forget to go to his pledgemusic.com, Big John Hart, and check out the packages that he's offering for his forthcoming autobiography with lots of stories about his time with primarily Kiss, but Prince, uh, Billy Idol, and Iron Maiden. And I think there might have been someone else who I forget get okay so that's that news what other news what's going on in the world kiss world ken mark lonnie lonnie you done anything interesting lately yeah you guys do any fun last weekend <laughs> gee tell, tell us lonnie what did you do last weekend well my night my weekend started off with my wife and i um going to the blues game the st louis blues hockey game hockey team had a had a game friday night and we had tickets and we just we're going. And a good friend of mine named Joe Odell texts me while I'm at the game. And he goes, are you at the game? And I said, yeah. And he goes, um, look toward the Walmart sign and look just to the left of it. Okay. So I look just to the left of the Walmart, Walmart sign. And there's my buddy Joe Odell sitting next to original Kiss Lee guitarist Ace Frehley in a suite at the Blues game. And I'm like, what? And I text him, I go, what? What's the deal? And he goes, dude, you are not going to believe this. He picked Ace Fraley up at the airport, brought him to his hotel. Keith is very, I mean, Joe is very good friends with Keith. And he runs the Kiss Vault Club on Facebook. And Joe had told me there's a possibility that he might be helping Keith out all weekend. I had no idea the extent that, that Joe would be helping Keith out over the weekend. Did Joe have so, any idea the extent that he'd be helping out? No. No, 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 no. I went over to his house on Monday and we were just BSing and talking. And he says, you know, I might be helping him out. I really don't know how this is all going to work. And I was like, all right, well, I said, if you need anything, you know, let me know. It was okay. So he's sitting with Ace Fraley at the Blues game. And if he go, and then I get the, in the second period, he goes, Get your phone out and take a picture of the Jumbotron. They're going to put us on the Jumbotron. And they start playing rock and roll, and I, I nudge my wife. I go, here we go, here we go. And there's Ace for Hilly sitting next to Joe Odell on a suite. <laughs> yeah, here we are. <laughs> he said, you know, he got the rock star treatment from the Blues. They rolled out the red carpet for him. And, you know, they went up through the back elevator. And, you know, he signed some autographs for some for some cops and things like that. And, Took Ace back to his hotel room. Ace was upset that they got back to his hotel room and they'd stopped serving sushi at the hotel. <laughs> and so Ace goes, and, and, and I'm driving home, and then Joe calls me while he's driving home. He goes, Dude, this is unbelievable. And he goes, so he goes, so he goes to the guy. Well, he goes to Joe. He goes, well, they stopped serving sushi. You got, you know any good sushi restaurants in St. Louis? <laughs> Joe goes, no, there are no good sushi restaurants in St. Louis. Do you even know where you are? So, so that was Friday night, and that was just a little bit of a, a taste of what was to come. And so, the vault is Saturday at an undisclosed location, and uh, Jody Havnot and I were recruited by Joe to help him out because supposedly he was going to need more help than he could handle on his own. So, Jody Havnot and I from um, Podcast Rock City. Podcast Rock City, the name excuse so, me. That that should be right on the tip of your tongue because of course you, you did. <laughs> yeah. a, you did a, he's gonna he's gonna give you some shit later. You now. did a great. You did no. You did a fantastic episode with them. Uh, what was it? Sunday night immediately. Sunday after. night. We were him and I were on such a high Sunday. That night. was it so. Was, that yeah. was such a freaking cool listen. It was a perfect time to do it because him and I are just still like shaking about what had happened. It was on. It was so ridiculous. So Jody shows up there first, 
and he's just standing in the front. And I still didn't know what was really going to go on, you know, if, you know, what was happening. Were, were Jody not even going to be in the room when she was going to be able to fall? Or was were Jody not even going to be able to be in the room when she performed? Or, you know, were, were when we say, were they going to say, no, you guys got to wait outside? Or, you know, we didn't, we didn't know. We were just kind of, just kind of winging it. And uh, I walk up and Jody goes, dude, Joe just pulled up and Gene Simmons got out of his car. And I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, he picked Gene up from his hotel and him and Keith jumped out of their jumped out of his car and went upstairs. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Awesome. He's he's kisses show for show for for the weekend. <laughs> so we walk in and, and, and Joe's like, oh, good, you're here. And we're like, good, we're here. <laughs> you know, it's the first time anybody's told me that in my life. And good, I'm here. So, we, you know, we got we you know, it, it was it was great. We um, we got to uh, be in the room when Gene came out and did his storytellers and just just got to hang out basically all weekend. And whatever Joe or, or Keith needed, we were like their gophers for him, whatever they needed. All right. So what sort of what sort of task did do you end up gophering um, that the ones that you can obviously talk about? Because I'm sure there are some that, you know, are very private. There are, there are ones I cannot talk about. Yes. But there is one. And I can tell you that I. Uh, we went and got Keith dinner at one point. Keith was hungry. Keith eats. Said, he eats. Keith does eat. <laughs> I, thought, I, I, I thought the man was a machine who doesn't eat, doesn't sleep, just lives and breathes vaults. He did not sit down to eat. I can tell you that. <laughs> and he inhaled that food. But uh, I went and got him some barbecue um, Saturday night. There's a great St. Louis barbecue place about a block and a half away. Coincidentally, it's like one of the best places in town. Line was like out the door. And Jody's like, I never heard of this place. I'm like, no, no, it's great. We get there and the line's like literally outside. And he's like, oh my gosh. And poor Jody, he got dropped off there. And his girlfriend, Amber, he told Amber, oh, pick me up around 6.30 or so. Or so. I'm sure it'll be over by then. So about that time when we're waiting in line, Amber shows up to pick him up. He's like, dude, I got to go. I'm like, no, I get it. So he leaves. And I'm still there for a few more hours after that. Um, you know, we bring Keith, we bring Keith back his food. Um, you know, I, I can tell you also, I skipped over something. I was a gopher for something else in the middle of the day. Joe went to go pick up Ace Fraley for his performance with Gene Simmons that was supposed to be at two o'clock, which ended up being about three o'clock, but that's, you know, it's Ace Fraley time. So Joe goes to go get Ace and it's pouring down rain. It is literally pouring down rain. So I'm just kind of sitting there with Jody and we're just talking to Ken Mills and people like that that are in attendance and my phone rings and it's Joe and I go what's up and he goes um I'm, I got ACs in the car we're on our way it's pouring down rain out here get me an umbrella and meet me out front and I'm like okay where am I gonna find an umbrella in this place I don't I don't just find Keith like well, Keith's in with Gene with the false I can't just walk in there and say hey Ace is not coming you guys got an umbrella you guys got a spare umbrella in here and she'd be like who the hell is this guy so, so I run downstairs and try to be a little resourceful and go to the security guard up front and say, hey, do you have an umbrella? Um, you know, Ace Fraley's on his way. He says no. But one of the workers in the building overheard me. He says, yeah, we have an umbrella. And they grabbed two of them for me. It's like, thank God. Two minutes later, here they come. Here comes. And he's like 10 minutes away. And I'm like scrambling trying to find. Where am I going to find an umbrella in 10 minutes? I don't have one in my car. I'm like. What am I going to do? Ace really shows up and I don't have an umbrella. I like hold my hands up over his head or something. Or I don't have no idea what's going to happen if I don't have an umbrella when he gets here. But thankfully, I did. So Joe pulls up. Um, door opens up. Ace Frehley's in the back seat. How you doing? And what do you say to him when you open up the door and it's Ace Frehley? says, how you doing, sir? Just respectful to him. Handing him his umbrella. He goes, thanks, Curly. And he goes and walks in. It was like, that was freaking awesome. All of a sudden, I'm handing Ace Frehley umbrellas in the street outside in St. Louis. It how, was how far was the walk from the vehicle to the door? Like five feet, but he had to have an umbrella. <laughs> it wasn't like he had to walk across the parking lot. Joe dropped him off at the freaking curb. I can tell you this: Gene rides in the front seat, and Ace will always ride in the back seat. Whether they're and they were never in this car at the same time, but Gene likes to ride in the front seat, and Ace likes to ride in the back seat. Joe did, did tell me that at uh that Gene critiqued his driving several times while they, while they were in the car and that he was following the car in front of them too closely. 
<laughs> says, the guy, he, says the guy who didn't get a driver's license until like 1985. Yeah, but he was not. Right. A, but he was not afraid to critique Joe's driving. Oh, yeah. <laughs> D- didn't he see how big Joe is? Right, Joe's a beast. <laughs> um, but it it was it was it was that so Saturday was really cool. You know, just we just got to hang out and I really enjoyed like watching people come out with their vaults. I was always interested to see, you know, not only what their surprise gifts were, but also what they always had, what people had them write on top of their vaults. Yeah. to me, that's the most intriguing thing. It was the most personal thing. Told you a little bit about the person. How much they had them write on their, or what they had them write on their vault. So that was always that was intriguing. So that was Saturday, but Sunday, Ace was supposed to do a private luncheon at a high-end restaurant in St. Louis, and it was really untalked about, undiscussed. I mean, I knew, I knew it was going to happen. And, and I was going, but I didn't know to what extent was going to happen anything about the situation. And I know I was going to go, I knew, but I knew I was going to go and probably get the meet Ace and probably get a couple autographs from him. So I didn't get any autographs on, on, on Saturday from Ace. Ace did sign stuff for people and but it was like one per person. And like Joe and I were standing up there by him while he signed the stuff. So he had two taller guys up there and Joe's like a freaking ox standing next to him the whole time. And it was like one per person. And then Ace was Ace was pretty in tune to what was going on, though, because he started noticing people getting their autograph and then going back at the end of the line to try to go through again. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he, they're Kiss fans. You know, nothing is nothing is not. No, they're ne- yeah, you know, you can always get, you know, what, what else can I get? You're they're Kiss fans. You know, I, I you know, it's not enough. Nothing's good enough. So. <laughs> There's nothing sacred. No, and Joe walks away at one point, so then I'm standing there next to him. And he's signing. And one person brings up this this uh and then Keith LaRue was standing there too, actually. One guy one guy brings up this uh this canvas. And it was Gene Paul, Eric, and Tommy. <laughs> and he looks and he looks at it and he looks at he looks at the guy, looks at Keith LaRue, looks at me and he goes, That's not me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! And, and Keith Lurie goes, well, Tommy, Tommy signs stuff like that all the time when it's not him, when it's you. Just go ahead and sign it. And the ace looks at Keith and goes, he signs stuff that's me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, he should have signed it, Tommy Thayer. Yeah, he should. Yeah, or he should have like scratched out Tommy or something like that, just to. Just to be drawn glasses anyway, and a little mustache on him. Right, yeah, exactly. Or a little bit on him or something. Or something. <laughs> but he was a good sport. He signed it. And like, I'm like, I don't know if if my wife or or if it isn't a fan or something like that, and, and she bring, and she's gonna get in line to bring Ace up to sign. I would say, hey, honey, you know, how about we have him sign this and not that? You know, yeah. I don't, I don't know. But but teach their own. Whatever you want to get signed. You know, Ace did sign it. He didn't make a big deal about it, but he he did look at it. And I saw her coming up with it at first. I'm like, I wonder if he's going to say anything. I wonder if he's going to notice that that's him or not. But he took one look at it and goes, that's not me. (laughs) (laughs) It was hilarious. But anyway, he saw people coming back through line, through the line. And he and he and he signs and then he and and he looks at me and he goes, where's Joe? And I go, oh, he had to go for a second. He had to help Keith with something. He goes, people are coming back through. I'm done. I'm out of here. And he stands up and I'm like, okay, I guess we're done. So I take him, I'm walking out of the room. We're walking out of the room and he's following behind me and here back in comes Joe and he goes, what's wrong? And I go, people are coming through twice. He said, he's leaving. He goes, okay, follow me. So we take him and he goes to this, you know, Joe takes him to this other, we take him to this other room and he just goes in there and chills out for a few minutes. And then eventually he went in with Gene and just kind of hung out in there. People wanted to talk to him while he was in there with Gene. He did. So that was Saturday, but Sunday we're supposed to have this private event um, for 20 people or less at this high-end restaurant. And there was talk that Ace might play. There's talk Ace won't play. When we were leaving Saturday night, after all the balls had been given out, um, Joe and I'm oh I'm leaving. Joe's going to drive Gene back to his hotel, of course, and I'm I'm going to drive my car back back home. And 
explain to my wife why I missed dinner with our friends at seven o'clock because it's 10 o'clock now. So um, I'm driving home. Joe's driving, Joe's driving Gene back to the hotel. Um, after Joe drops Gene off, he calls me. He says, all right, um, be there tomorrow around noon. Ace isn't going to play. It's just going to be a signing. He's going to take some pictures, things like that. I said, okay, whatever. I said, if you need anything, let me know. Get up in the morning, go to the gym, and I'm on a, a treadmill running. And I'm about four and a half miles in, and my phone rings, and it's Joe. I was like, what does he want? So I answer my phone. I go, hello. He goes, what are you doing? <laughs> running. What are you doing? He goes, I'm going crazy. Ace said he wants to play. Call Jody. Get some guitars. Get a mic. Get a mic stand. And get to the venue. Boom. Stop on the treadmill. <laughs> we got problems. <laughs> I call Jody. He's not answering. I message him on Facebook. Not answering. Text him. Not answering. Message him on Twitter. Not answering. Crap. <laughs> go to the locker room, get out of the gym, go home, run around trying to get ready. My cousins are musicians and they're storing stuff at my parents' house. I call my mom. I go, do you, do Patrick and Chris have like microphones or stands or anything like that at the house? And she goes, well, I don't know. I think there's some drums downstairs. I go, no, mom, no. <laughs> no. She goes, well, there's a guitar. Which, how about you call Chris and ask him if he'd like Ace Frehley to play and sign his guitar? I'm like, that's going to cost $500. <laughs> that's, not, that's not the situation. I'm like, Do you have a microphone? No. Okay. I got to go. So <laughs> Jody finally calls me back. I go, what are you doing? Well, I'm driving. I'm getting close to the, to the restaurant. I go, Ace wants to play. Do you have any guitars or any, any amps or anything with you? He goes, no, Joe, Joe told me he wasn't going to play. I go, yeah, he told me the same thing, but now he wants to play. He goes to Amber, turn around. <laughs> so they turn around and go back home and go get guitars and amps. I go, do you have a microphone or a mic stand or anything like that? He goes, no, I don't. So I call, I call Joe back. He goes, all right, I'm working on it. Joe eventually gets a hold of his father-in-law who had something. I mean, this was literally thrown together at the and I can't hour. I can't even say at the last minute because it was like it was less than that. I mean, we were literally bringing in the gear when Ace showed up, when Joe showed up with Ace. And Joe brought a couple guitar. Joe's girlfriend brought a couple guitars. Jody had a guitar and some amps. My stuff's in storage because I'm moving the whole thing. But so I didn't I didn't have anything. But but Jody had a Jody guitar. Jody had a half stack. We had Joe's father-in-law brought a microphone that, and we set it up. And Ace is like literally sitting on a couch, like playing these three different guitars, seeing which one he wanted to play right before he sat down at the stool to play. I mean, it was literally thrown together like that. I love that. I love the uh, the video of Jody sitting with him and retuning the guitar and going going through yeah. all of that. Yeah, I took a bunch of pictures of Jody just sitting on the couch with Ace, and Ace is looking at his guitar and and this, and he's playing the guitars, and he's like, oh, the G-string's messed up on this one, hands it back to Joe, and takes Jody's black guitar, and he's playing that, and goes, oh, this is the best guitar, you know why? And he's telling him why, you know, because <laughs> it plays louder, it plays louder. You know, Paul, he didn't, you know, he didn't know how to, I knew how to pick out a guitar, Paul couldn't pick out a guitar. <laughs> 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 you know? And, and, and um and joe had a um i forget what he called it i forget what he called it he had a different looking guitar it was a flying v but he goes ace what about this one you play that one he goes, no no paul played those he goes, well you played those too goes, i don't want to play that okay so <laughs> he's sitting there and he's you know playing with these different guitars he goes i need an espresso so joe goes joe goes gets an espresso comes back because here you go here you go he's the double espresso takes a sip of it he goes this is terrible. <laughs> oh my God. It was just a disaster. Oh boy. He goes, he goes, I need some sugar or some sweetener in this thing or something. So, so they hand him like, you know, all those packs, you know, the, with the pink stuff, the sugar, which one is the sugar? What's this one here? Oh, okay. What's in there? Now, this is still no good. He goes, what do you want? You want a cappuccino? I'll get you a cappuccino. Okay. So they go and get, bring him out a cappuccino. Oh, this is really good. He's drinking that. So, he was happy. 
it was, it was, I mean, it was no bullshit. I mean, this, all this crap really happened. I'm like sitting three feet from him while he's, you know, doing all this. It was, un, it was just so surreal and ridiculous. <laughs> so he signs autographs for people. We all get our picture taken with him. And the lady who took the pictures, took all the pictures down to this one hour place and got them all developed and brought them back for us so that Ace could sign the pictures while he was still there. It was, it was really, really cool. So you guys have probably watched the video and I'm sure a lot of people watching this have watched the video of, of Ace playing, just sitting on a bar, bar stool playing an electric guitar, playing an electric guitar through an amp, singing into a microphone that was thrown together right before he sat down playing a guitar he has never played before. That had been that it was Joe's guitar, and Joe can tell you that it was sitting in a case for a long time. Joe Joe plays, but he's he doesn't get out his guitar and play every day, you know. So we had the tune, and it wasn't tuned down the E flat. So we had to tune it down the E flat. If you know what, and and Mark, you can attest to this. When you tune something down the E flat, when it hasn't been tuned down the E flat, you know, it doesn't like to stay in E flat, especially with Ace, you know, banging on it and, yep. and playing it the way he does. And the guitar isn't used to Ace yeah. as a guitar player. It's yep. it's it's a little harder to stay in tune. And add, so, add, add to that, a guitar setup's a very personal thing, isn't it? Correct. Mm-hmm. Jody's, and Jody did a great job, but Jody's not Ace's guitar tech. No. And Jody doesn't it, know it, exactly how Ace wants it. It's going to take more than sitting on a couch talking to Ace to set up a guitar. I didn't see yeah. anyone with a screwdriver. So yeah, that you was, need to intonate it. Yeah, that was, that was not a setup. So, you know, just to, to add on to that, there's a lot more to why that performance sounded the way it did. You know, come on. You know, I mean, come on. He Ace Ace isn't touring. You know, we've we've seen video of Ace playing these gigs that he's played lately. Ace still has it. We've all, Ju, Julian, you saw him last year. Yeah, best fucking Ace show I've seen. And also keep in mind that it's noon St. Louis time, which is 10 a.m. L.A. time, which is probably the middle of the night Ace Freely time. Yeah, and he hasn't had yeah. any sushi. And, and his espresso was terrible. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> terrible coffee. <laughs> Somebody should have ran up with like a Rockstar Energy drink coffee drink for him. That would have woke him right up. Oh, uh. <laughs> but I, I, I do notice that they've actually – the, the video is gone now from that. Uh, yeah, they, they pull a lot of them now. Yeah, which is, uh, which, is, which is a shame that it can't be taken uh, for what it is. Put know. it in the context of what it was. Yeah, totally. Yeah. The, the moment – Come on, you you know you want to go see yes, go see yes. You want to hang out and pick up a random guitar. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Mark. You know, but they are perfect in concert, aren't they? So they yeah. do not make mistakes. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's a totally different style of playing, though, too, right? I mean, and that's the thing I don't understand about yeah. that as well is that you know, Ace is a very bluesy, off the cuff kind of player. I mean, I didn't really hear anything too drastically wrong it was just all down to the fact that it was a guitar that was not his not intonated properly you know like you said the the guy's probably half asleep anyways you know like we said 10 o'clock in the morning his time really when you think about it i mean the cards were kind of stacked up against him and they should be happy that he actually went with minimal fuss and did all this well do you notice who the people who are complaining the people who weren't the 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 people people who weren't there there. exactly just like the Vinny thing in atlanta Sorry, mm-hmm. it's true. And I can tell you this too: when Joe picked Ace up at two o'clock on Saturday afternoon, Joe said, and this is, and Joe told me this story on Saturday. He got in the car and he said, "Good morning." He goes, "I know it's probably afternoon, but it's morning to me." He said, and that was Saturday. So just just keep that in the back of your mind too. Mm-hmm. That 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 really happened on Saturday. That it it he was. Ace doesn't pick up a guitar at 10 o'clock in the morning in Los Angeles time, probably ever. Right. Much less mm-hmm. a guitar he's never played. Lots of music. Through, don't through do an that. amplifier that he's never played on. Yeah. Yeah. Through, and singing into a microphone that Joe got from his father-in-law 30 seconds before Ace sat down at the bar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think yeah. any of that gear was concert quality. No. You know, and, that, and that's the thing, too, that I wanted to just bring up really quickly. I mean... Just hearing all this stuff that happened, I mean, I want to tip my hat to Ace for doing all this stuff because he sound. It sounds like you know, while there was little things here and there, like the coffee and this and that, but that's just more comical, more oh, than anything, right? But I mean, you know, he was, seems very unrock star like ish when it came to this thing because I know for a fact, because I know a friend of mine who works at these kind of you know 
charity sort of events and stuff like that. One year they had Getty Lee come in to do something for like a white ribbon foundation thing. And he is very hardcore with this kind of stuff. He was like, I demand a 20 minute sound check. I want this gear. He has a piece of paper. He has all this stuff down that he wants. And if you don't bring him this stuff, he ain't going to do anything. He's walking. I mean, here's Ace Mark, taking Mark, somebody's. Mark, you're breaking my heart. Getty Lee. Yeah. Is like the brown M and M's guy. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but but the, but that's the thing. I mean, I'm just saying, like in comparison, here's a guy who wants something down to the letter to do even a small charity thing, you know, because to him it's all about appearances. He doesn't want how it appeared with Ace happened just now to happen to him. He wants to look good on camera. He wants to look like everything's in great shape. He would never want anything like that to happen to him. So I think it's cool that Ace didn't really, you know, give too much of a care to that and just listen, I'm happy there's a guitar here. You know, who cares if this is a $60 Radio Shack microphone? I'll just make the best of it and that's it, right? But I mean, I know for a fact that people would have, other musicians would have gave a lot harder time than Ace did for that. Yeah, I, I, oh, I, for sure. I think there's a moral to the story, and I hope it doesn't put Ace off doing these things in future. Is number one, uh, armchair warriors who aren't there, don't be such asses. You know, it is what it is. Be happy for the people who are there who get to participate in one of these things. Be happy for Ace. You know, number one, he's vertical at his age. After his life, he's still sober, and he's fighting fit. He's thin as hell. He's like the old lanky Ace. And he's willing to pick up a guitar, a non-standard rig. And I'm not going to make excuses, but unless you play guitar, I am very attached to a couple of particular models that I play. I keep one tuned down and one in 440 so that I don't have to retune and detune and reset up my freaking guitars all the time, except when I restring them. So that's just my personal you know, foibles. Every guitarist has their own. There are very few guitarists. Yeah, I know there's a video of Joe Satriani picking up a 200 guitar, $200 guitar and playing, uh, surfing with the alien on that piece of shit. Uh, but not everyone's Joe Satriani. Um, you know, he's ace. So what? I, I'm more interested in all the kind of, you know, even when he's doing his stories with Gene, the banter is what, what it's about for me. Those two back and forth on Saturday. And Gene's like, no, no, no. It goes A, D, G. And he goes, I know what I'm doing. He just... <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was total. You could tell. And here, Saturday, you watched a video from Saturday. They were totally unrehearsed. They had no idea what was going to happen when the two of them yeah. sat down. And it was so spontaneous. And everyone in the room appreciated that, how loose the two of them were together. Just BSing back and forth, telling stories. I don't know if you watched the video. He tells a great story about uh, on Saturday. He told a great story about Peter Chris in the 70s. And he said they were in the South and they were getting ready to go into Strutter. Paul's doing his little rap beforehand. And he goes, so, so, he goes, so this one's called Strutter. And Gene goes, at that point, I heard a psst, psst from behind me. And I turn around and it's Peter. And he goes, how's that one go? And Gene goes, it goes, dun, 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 dun. And he goes, oh, oh, yeah. So he goes, and Ace goes, cocaine's a hell of a drug. Wasn't he also talking about that he never did cocaine until Destroyer? And then right after that, he goes, you know, I never did cocaine or any kind of drugs until I met Bob Esri. Hold on. I got to answer my door. And and Gene goes, okay, let's say that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Just, just, just the BSing and banter back and forth with the two of them was just so off the cuff and incredible. So that's, but that's what, but that's what you're mainly experience, right? That's what made it so great. Is that the two of them were just so spontaneous, so unrehearsed, just having a great time with each other. And it was, it was, in all honesty, it was great just being in the same room with Gene Simmons and Ace Frehley, getting along, ribbing each other, and having a great time together. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing that I think that's very interesting that I like about these sort of things is that when you see some of these kind of events that go from town to town, you after a while you get to 
the idea of what's going to happen from the other events. This thing, you don't have any idea because it's so off the cuff. And that's what makes it special because you don't have a clue what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was so spontaneous with, with, with both, with both of them Saturday and it was spontaneous with Ace on Sunday and Ace was very appreciative on Sunday. And he, he, he told us at the end, you know, that at this point in my life, all I really want to do is, is make people happy. And I have, and I've been blessed with the ability to do that through music. And that's all I really want to do is just make people happy. So he says, I, I'm, I'm glad everyone came and I hope, I hope you had a good time. And I can tell you what, as in that small room where we sat there and watched a private Ace Fairly performance, all of us had an incredible time. And Joe and I were texting yesterday and he says, are you seeing all this stuff? I'm like, yeah, I'm seeing all this nonsense. And I go, have you heard anything negative from the people in that room? He goes, not one thing from any of the people in that room. All I've heard, all I've gotten all week is people messaging me and texting me, telling me, thank you for putting this together and how incredible it was. And thank you for inviting me to come because it was amazing. Yeah. And, and that's what yeah. it's all about. Um, so I guess we'll see you next week. Nice story, Lonnie. Uh, <laughs> Thanks let, for coming. Let, let's move on from there because I don't think Ken should go through another episode where he doesn't get to speak today. Um, <laughs> oh, <my. laughs> he likes it. So you know, we, you know when we we talk, when we started talking about doing this episode, it was a few weeks ago, and some things have happened in between technical issues. So we're a little bit behind in talking about some of these topics, and we wanted to kind of touch base on the Paul Stanley Twitter um, snark, I guess for want of a better term. And it's um, you know Gene was talking about some of his uh, songs on the Vault, "It's My Life," and erroneously said that it was based on an elder idea every little bit of my heart which everyone knows is okay if you bought any of my books you should know that it is the song that became a world without heroes not it's my life though right. god, god knows maybe there's two chords in there that he recycled um and, and so paul gets on twitter and said for her anyone it matters to the song it's my life had nothing to do with any other song of mine i wrote the title chorus chords melody and lyric to it's my life and didn't want to use at the time g wanted to use it so he wrote the rest what's what's left to write mark if you write the title the chorus the chorus the melody and the lyric um guitar solo section maybe it sounds like maybe he, he wrote his, wrote his name on the songwriting credits and yeah. that's about it um and and that's the story and it was kind of the tone that came across in there you know that some people kind of felt was being snarky i thought it bordered on snarky but just being factual and you know here you go um, what was your take on it, Ken? I mean, is is that something that you think invites a war of words? War of words? Well, uh, the, to me, is uh, why why even bring it up? I mean, he they had written the story. Gene had written that same story uh, that Paul had an unfinished song, and and then Gene had you know redid the uh, verses. You know, Paul had the chorus and everything, but. Gene had redone the verses and, and finished off the song. Um, and, and that was in the actual uh, box set book, the book in the box set for It's My Life. And he explained it there. So why didn't Paul put comments saying, no, Gene, I wrote the whole song. Um, but the thing is, why didn't, why now? Why all of a sudden bring it up? You know, why all of a sudden bring it up? I don't know if it's because... And it's funny, it's the day, you know, of course, the day after Gene plays it live for the first time and everyone's raving about it. And, and Paul so takes the Twitter. Paul wants to get the whole <laughs> credit of it. Mm -hmm. um, I think he doesn't like the fact that Gene is getting so much attention um, with that and with his live performances and with the vault thing that he probably, you know, thought it was going to be a joke, but it's not a joke. Yeah. It's working out pretty darn good. Um, so, it, you know, I don't know. As as time goes on, I, there's a time period that I like Paul a lot. Uh, but as time goes on, he gets a little bit more like or whatever, snarky or whatever, more and more as his years get up there. And some things he should just, you know, 
take the high road. I'm sorry. This is the yeah. Paul Stanley I want to interview so badly. It falls in that sort of kind of mood and tone. Oh, <laughs> that's I, when you want to get him. No, that is totally how oh, yeah. I, I would I would want because that seemed to me to be completely honest tone. That that was really, you know, I I don't want to read too much into it. And yeah, to what yeah. you said, Ken, is that you know the performances of It's My Life. Holy shit, what KISS fans have been begging, or many KISS fans, because I know there are some who hate the song with a passion, but uh, the vast majority, I think, love the song. It's the one that we've hoped to always get the perfect, crystal clear uh, Creatures of the Night version released, and the Vault version is about as close as we're going to get. Well, I would just say to Paul, what, why the heck have you turned it down from being on KISS albums for all those years? Why? Why? Well, I mean, there's a, there's always one reason why a singer does that or a writer does that is because yeah. he feels that he has something stronger to offer. I mean, in his mind, right? I, I'm thinking that he's getting touchy about it now for several reasons. I mean, one of them could just be just as simple as that they just caught him at the bad time of day or something and he just it rubbed him the wrong way. It could also be because, you know, let's be honest. I mean, he's not exactly in, you know, the best vocal shape in his career right now. The, the chance of him even performing that song is probably next to zero. And the fact that Gene's out there doing it could be rubbing him the wrong way too. Right. And like you said, too, Paul is a guy who loves to be the center of attention. He's the ringleader. He's a circus guy, the big guy in the middle and spotlight on me. And now the spotlight's on Gene and Gene mm. can do no wrong. He's done, you know, she's so European. He's done all these other songs now that hasn't been played ever. And so people are loving it and talking about it. And maybe it's just kind of, you know, like a little, twisting of the knife in his back he feels or who knows yeah. why but so i just get that there could be so many reasons why but who knows maybe it's one of those reasons maybe it's none of them but something's obviously bothering him with that yeah working through a list of the songs that the gene simmons band has performed just makes me write down more and more songs that i want the gene simmons band to perform <laughs> and a lot yeah. of the lonnie a lot of them maybe come from unholy for me so yeah. yeah naked city is still my number one pick um, for the remaining stuff, but come on, X-ray eyes, charisma. Mm -hmm. You know, I can I can listen to yeah. charisma all day long when Gene does it. Um, it, it it's just insane. But you know, Paul even chimed in later, and for you know, obviously having done the Elder book, it was great to see him talking some more about that period of time. Forty-five minutes later, he goes on. FYI, I wrote the song "Every Little Bit of Your Heart" for the Bob Ezrin project. <laughs> Oh shit! Um, which oh, which, which became the elder. Its uh, transformation started when Lou Reed wrote a terrific lyric poem for it called "A World Without Heroes." Bob put them together, so he's he's obviously not wanting to take too much credit for "A World Without Heroes" <laughs> either. Which, which uh, you know, I no, I I understand the, uh, the kind of the, the the shit about the elder because obviously I I get it, but uh, you know. What a way to start finding out more information about songs. So, I mean, put together those list of songs that you always had questions about and uh, have Gene perform them and maybe uh, talk about them. And when he gets all his facts wrong, Paul can correct him and we'll get some useful information. I think it's fantastic. You know, we got some great information out of Paul uh, about the songs. I don't think there's anything too uh, terrible about it, obviously, other than it's not about him. Um, mm -hmm. You know, live to yeah, win, baby. I, I don't know. Is there, is there going back to what you guys were saying? Is there some jealousy involved um, from Paul right now? Not only um, seeing what Gene's doing with the vault, and he's like everybody's every Kiss fans hero right now, going around from city to city, meeting with fans, and yeah, it's pricey, and you know you're excluding some fans, but the fans that are doing it are, are absolutely loving it. So is the is there a little bit of jealousy involved? Well, Gene's like the hero right now, and he's going on on tour with his band, and he's playing all these different songs and you know i don't think there's anything that the gene simmons band can't play whereas if paul stanley mm -hmm. would go out on tour unfortunately there are songs that no but that's probably not a good idea if we play that one well and i think i'll take it one step further actually than that when gene simmons goes and says that they're going out and doing a bunch of shows with his band people are like all right i'm looking forward to it what are they going to play now when Paul goes and announces that he's doing his, you know, his Soul Train stuff, there people are like, like that's what I think is also a thing that's bothering him. Is I think that the reaction to his thing is not what he was hoping for. You know, I think that they were 
they were probably hoping he was hoping for more of a gene reaction to his stuff you know he, was that deliberate or do, do you do you not know that it's soul station <laughs> well yeah the train, train, sta- the train station. station what's the difference yeah. <laughs> um well one other thing is i said i think i just said this last week or whatever but this thing about you know again it's my life why put while the city sleeps on Animal Eyes and not put It's My Life on there instead? What the heck, you know? Yeah. Why all, wouldn't all, you do that? All of a sudden, we've got the vault now, so we know a lot of the songs from the mid-'80s that... Other songs, too. Yeah, yeah which were kicking around. And it does raise <laughs> the question of... There's a lot of good Gene Simmons songs in there. For people who are wondering about whether it's uh, Gene's Vault is 80% garbage oh, that. or how much percent good, well, it's all going to be very individual. Yeah. You know, For me, it's, you know, how many good songs are there on that vault? Every single one of them is good because every single one of them tells a story. And to me, it's much more about the story of what they were, how they came about, what they may have became, rather than was it recorded while Gene was taking a dump uh, with a four track recorder. Oh, baby. Yeah. You know, what, whatever. The, 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 the method doesn't matter to me. It's the story rather than the quality of a particular recording or even the quality of the whole demo, because there's some stuff in there that the demos are shit, but you get one part of it that is gold. And all of a sudden you're like, that's what he's talking about. So, um, yep. weird. <laughs> so we will have to see so i mean get, talking about paul paul is and remains and will always be the heart and soul of kiss to me as much as i'm thrilled by what peter chris has done in the past year with the expos in new york la melbourne the new york cutting room show um absolutely amazing in terms of what they mean to me and my personal history and just how cool they were as peter chris solo shows what ace has done in the last year Hanging around, you know, as Gene Simmons' little buddy, um, putting on some hellaciously powerful solo performances, um, having the guys from Four by Fate, the partial Frelly's Comet reunions, it having Vinnie Vincent come back out of the woodwork, having the Kulik brothers knock it out at the park on the cruise. Yeah, there's a lot that is taking away the focus away from Paul Stanley. I get it. Uh, so. Yeah. Paul Stanley. I mean, he he he's still Paul Stanley, and yeah. to me to me that's well, what it's about. And I mean, and I and I think I heard correctly now that they said too that there's going to be a full Freely's Comet reunion now at one of the expos too now as well. So I'm sure that that's another thing that could be a bee in the bonnet there with Paul a bit too, right? I mean, I heard that. Even Anton Fig is going to be participating, so he's going to be interesting. Yeah, and there's one thing to correct on that: that they're all going to be there. It doesn't mean mm-hmm. that there's a musical Frelly's Comet reunion. Um, just, just to make that very clear, and Anton only remains there, I think, as long as uh, nothing comes up on his uh, schedule. You know, mm-hmm. so. So hopefully it all remains a go. The Indie Expo is just a monstrosity in terms of who is there for the two days. I mean, there is everyone. Eric Sanger with uh, Ace the first night, and then obviously Ace playing the second night. It's just absolutely insane. So right now we've got a lot of interesting kiss shit happening. You've got the opportunity to do the vault if you're able to. The cruise is coming up. That's announced. It's sold out the fastest. I believe it's sold out in a few years. Um, mm-hmm. expos you've got obviously Indy is the mother of all expos kind of a response to Derek is this is how the real big boys do it then you've got uh, the possibility of a Nashville expo with Vinny you uh, we won't even talk about the rock and pod which uh, you know just kind of mm-hmm. is is very tangential or peripheral to kiss but there's so much shit going on I mean um, w- what about that new one that, the, that's talked about now the kiss texas kiss yeah. convention and of course kiss the convention the one in long island at the daisy uh, the the fundraiser oh, oh, yeah, yeah. noted as a you know historic That's spot true. so and then peter chris is making appearances at other um what monster type uh, things and vinnie vincent's going to do one of those as well so holy shit all this stuff for kiss fans to choose from and isn't there also i heard too that they are saying that 
Ace is releasing a record in April or something or something yeah, like that. April. Yeah, it'll be out in the spring. Yeah, so yeah. Ace really, wants to call it 40 years mm-hmm. later. A lot Gene, of activity, you know. Gene said, call it Spaceman. So oh, yeah. Yeah. Ace said, how about I call it Spaceman 40 years later? <laughs> there you go. So. Those are all well, his. Remember the rumor title of one of his other albums a couple of years ago, "The Baldest Baby on the Block" or something stupid right. like that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, Ace needs a stupid title again, like Second Sighting." You know, was really oh, dumb. Yeah. Trouble Walking, he, he, Anomaly was good. Space Invader. Yeah. I, I don't want to hear "Space" in an Ace title ever again. Yeah. He, uh, Gene goes, "Oh, I know what you should call it," and he goes, "What?" The name of one of the songs you wrote on your on the album? <laughs> no, but uh, that one song that uh, that that Gene is pumped for several years, "Your Wish Is My Command," is is actually on Ace's album. So I thought I found that little bit of nugget very that nugget very interesting over the weekend too. Also, that's confirmed, eh? Yeah, it is. They oh, they mentioned cool. that a couple times. That, and Gene's mentioned that song a couple times. He, oh, I wrote this new song. It's the next rock and roll all night. But, yeah, I, yeah. I, uh, I heard, but he said the "Your Wish Is My Command" is on Ace Frehley's solo album, which tells me that if he's putting it on Ace Frehley's solo album, I don't think a Kiss album is in our near future. I don't think a Kiss album is in any future. Not. I agree. That ship, that ship has sailed. That uh, well, I just, it's done. And, and why, if, why would he be giving that song names? Because he's like been pumping that song for several years. Because he, and, uh, it's already been rejected for the new Kiss album. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and that's the other thing too. I guess we my should... life after new rock and roll night. <laughs> I'm guessing we should also talk about the fact that there's this whole, you know, the end of the road bit there that they keep bringing mm. up now all the time too. Because I mean, for a for a bunch of people who are so busy in 2018, it looks like they sort of have something planned for next year already. It's always been that case. Um, you know, the, the, from what things obviously became with Gene's vault was that 2018 was going to be kind of a down year because he had things scheduled. Paul always had soul stations scheduled. He, the uh, art shows were pretty far out. The cruise was, you know, announced at the last cruise. So you had those little blocks. You had a tiny little block of European dates. And then, of course, the is anyone surprised that Gene Simmons' vault date started getting screwed around with, getting moved? Um, They announced two new ones in, what was it, in Denver and Seattle. And, you know, then they moved those around because obviously they're not going to do a vault event unless they get enough sales. Sure. So so Japan's now been juggled again because I would think that when you think about the costs of shipping all those vaults out to Japan and flying Gene and Keith and... Uh, who knows who else out there and organizing everything in Japan that he has to have a fair amount or Rhino has to have a fair amount of sales of those vaults in order to make it happen. And maybe there are going to be more promotional efforts coming. So think about the year. They would have known that a year is not a long time in terms of the number of vault events and all the mechanics that need to happen. And look at these vault events anyway. They're becoming two days of events in many cases or three if you think of Gene flying in on a Friday, doing a vault on a Saturday, and going back out on a Sunday, or maybe yeah. hanging around, that's three days. Yeah, mm-hmm. Keith didn't even fly up until Monday. So, I mean, Keith was in town from Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Gene flew in on Friday and left on Sunday. So, I mean, it, it was a, you know, it's a good chunk of days for Keith. Keith was just so spent by the end of the night, Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> he spent all day on his feet. I actually did see him sit down at the end of the night, Saturday night. Well, that didn't look so much as sitting as collapsed. No, it was more of a sprawl. More, more uh, you know, have, I've had a seizure. Uh, don't bother me. <laughs> you, you know, I, I think... Just go from trying to get the, get the paddles when that picture was taken. <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm resting. <laughs> but but there's, there's one thing I've kind of thought of, was thinking about, and I mean, maybe I'm looking too deeply into this, but the whole thing with Ace helping out Gene with these uh vault of vault things i mean do you think that it might be some sort of a business thing between gene and him like you know like come and help me out and i'll give you a couple songs for your album sort of thing or is it just strictly just friendship you think gene doesn't have any friends isn't that what he, he has said 
doesn't have any real friends. I, you know, I, I think there's a bit of both, to be perfectly honest. There has to be some business involved in it for both of them. Because Ace has always been one who's questioned whether he was getting his fair share. You know, both he and Peter felt burned. We're all, and Ace was always kind of the money guy wanting to see the contract. The, the stories about him during the reunion are not just stories, because obviously the people who told the stories did not get sued. So there's that aspect of it. And even though he's sober now, he's still Ace. And I, I don't see him doing anything without having a purpose whether or not it's, you know, this is free publicity, this is fun, this is, I get to do these side events, and, you know, maybe it's worthwhile to him. Um, or he gets his name in the, in, in the press, and we're talking about him, and videos up on YouTube. Gene, on the other hand, definitely gets a benefit out of it, especially for these vaults, because everyone can. We talked about it when we did our vault experience. How are they going to top this, and how are people going to kind of roll the yeah. dice on $2,000 saying, well, those guys in LA, they had Bruce, Eric, and Ace show up. And those guys in St. Louis, they had Ace show up. And those guys in Philadelphia had, my vault wasn't as good as yours, man. Yeah. 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 Well, it's still a great experience. Whether you just get Gene and some other person or, or not. Um, I, even if Ace, you know, and, Bruce and Eric Gordon and ours. It still would have been a great event. I still would have been there's, happy. There's, about there's it. no way now to rationalize or know it. It's one yeah. thing for us to sit here and say, "Don't forget that the vault is just that two thousand dollars you're paying for that five minutes <laughs> with Gene, and everything else is a bonus." My bonuses happen to be such and such a gift in the compartment, and another such and such a gift in the compartment, and Ace and Bruce and you know. And everyone else rationalizes it to what they, their actual experience was. They can't just say, well, it was just that five or ten minutes with Gene. People don't think that way. None of us do. Um, I certainly would not. If I didn't go to L.A. and say I went to Philadelphia after hearing about L.A., I'd be certainly, well, three members of KISS were at that one, and it's just Gene here. Yeah, yeah I, you're, I, But you're, you're right. That's how people are. That's how, unfortunately, a lot of people think, you know. They want to have equal value to what somebody else had. Otherwise, they feel ripped off, right? That's life. That is life. Life is like a box of chocolates. <laughs> yeah. Fuck it, Forrest Gump's a very smart man after all. So what do we think about the, the what is it, the end of the road? I just don't like the end part of anything in a title after what Black Sabbath did to that. They fucking killed the end as a usable title in anything. I don't know if anyone watched that video of theirs. Fucking awful. Terrible performance. Bloody just shite. Absolute shite. Um <laughs> I don't want to see wow. I don't want to see Kiss with you know it, it seems to copy them again I mean what was it ninety eight Black Sabbath does the reunion and they do Psycho Man and then you get Psycho Circus then you get Black Sabbath doing the end now you get Kiss doing the end of the road which doesn't necessarily by the way it doesn't mean that they're actually no. doing the end of the road just because they prospectively someone entered in a copyright registration which hasn't even been published for opposition yet because we don't know anything yeah it, it it's just it, they don't have the trademark yet. You get you get it when you use it automatically, just like Kiss FAQ is a trademark without having to register it uh, and get the little R thing on it. But when you go for a trademark, you have to submit an application, and that is all that's reflected on the, re the website right now. It has to be published for opposition. It has to be granted. has not been. So it, it's go through the, the trademark registry. There's a lot of fucking Kiss-related trademarks that have been registered that are dead, because they've mm -hmm. lapsed or were abandoned or, yeah. you know. Now this, this one's kind of, to me, it's, uh, it's, I think it's, it's telling. I mean, I mean, they can come up with any kind of tour name, but the, you know, if it, if it is to be a tour, um, but the end of the road just it kind of, to me, it puts a nail in it. Um, and maybe they're trying to put a nail in it and, and maybe, you know, they will have a, a big tour next year. Um, and, you know, Doc is going to try to get, you know, all he can out of them for one more tour. Um, and maybe they will have Ace involved, hopefully, or in, and whoever else, um, Bruce, you know, whatever. Um, 
somehow uh, like a family thing and this is going to be it. We're just going to, and, and you know, we talked about it before. They could do a full blown out tour. They could do just some four huge tours in some major cities, you know, for <clears throat> shows or something like that and bring everybody back for that. Um, and just say, okay, this is it. I mean, this year we have other people, you know, hanging it up. Elton John's going to go hang it up finally. And Paul Simon, and they're all, all these guys are starting to announce these final big tours, you know, three year tours. <laughs> they can't do it anymore. Yeah. Three year tour. Right. Yeah. It could last that long. Um, get as much as you can out of them, but, I don't know. It's just the end of the road. Just is like, why? Why would you even put that, that, you know, group of words you, together? To me, is is just telling to me that I think it, it may happen. You know, it's like they're foreshadowing it, right? In this, in a sense, that they're kind of, you know, could be the oh. end for them. I mean, well, would anybody really be surprised though? I mean, that this conversation's come up so many times on various yeah. different. Well, yeah. podcasts and lots of people will be weighing in on it and stuff. I mean, it's going to have to happen eventually, whether we want it or not, right? We've talked about it several times that it's something that we've, we speculated what, what is what is it going to be like? How is it going to be the end? You know, I, I think it's something that's, that's inevitable, that the end has to come eventually. And to me, if you're a kiss, you're not just going to do a couple shows and say, okay, well, this is it. We're going to do four shows in America, three shows in Europe, one in Japan, one in Australia, and say goodbye to everybody across the world. I think it's KISS, and they're going to cash in one more time as much as they can and you know, give the whole spiel that we're going to go out and say goodbye to our fans the right way, that the farewell tour in 2000 was, was a disaster, and it was not us saying goodbye to our fans the right way. We were in a bad situation with Ace and Peter, and now, now things are better in 2019. Come on, Julian, you can hear it. You're holding your head, but you can hear the spiel right now. I, yeah, I, you can. You can almost write the script yourself, it's like the you're doing. That you're gonna get, but now things are much better, and we've been successful with with Tommy and Eric since blah blah blah. We've blah, proven blah. all the critics wrong, and you know. right, and it's but it's time to say goodbye the right. Go That's what's going to happen. Go out with a bang. We're going to go out with a bang and go out the right. I can, you can instead see it. Of, instead of just fading away. We're, we're going to keep saying goodbye until you, play, you pay us not to play. <laughs> I think it'll be a major tour in North America, a major tour in South America, Europe, Australia, Japan. I think they'll go everywhere. And Ken foreshadowed a three-year tour. I think there's a good possibility it could at least be two years that they'll hit North America, go everywhere else, and then one go through North America for one big final swing through, kind of like Motley Crue did. It was like a two-year farewell tour that they did. And they saw, I, I, I can definitely see something like that to happening. And, hey, Vince couldn't sing anymore at the end either. And oh, so Jesus. Oh, my <laughs> God. To think I nearly went to that show. I played the DVD. I was like, what the fuck? I mean, I've been, I have been to enough cruise shows that I've actually been to some that I thought he did very well. At least that's what I'm telling myself now. Um, in comparison, <laughs> in, in comparison with what he, he became and also Nikki. Ugh. Oh my God. I mean, the only, the only musician up on that stage that I had any respect for at the end of the, the crew was Mick. So yeah, exactly. Always liked Mick. Yeah, he's a good man. He's a good guy too. So the the end of the end of the road, I, I you know obviously it makes sense. You you have to do it. People are, you know, Tom Petty. People are going. They they might as well do it their way. They might as well cash in. I don't have any problem whatsoever with that. Get you know roll the bones. Do it. If things right. if things work out with the Kulik brothers, then having them as an opening act would be absolutely insane i mean that would be sick because then you could say goodbye to the revenge era properly as well um bugger off you and jesus why is my phone ringing on my fucking computer okay um (laughs) it's it's big john ace frelly i mean come on or ace 
If you if you took him out on the road as an opening act on a Kiss farewell, so that he could get up and jam a couple of songs, you know, get up there and do Cold Gin and Rock and Roll All Night and Parasite with the band, um, I I don't see them taking Peter. But uh, you know, if they flew Peter in to New York to do Beth one last time, that would probably be enough for both parties because you know I, I don't see I really don't see Peter wanting to go on a long three-year tour all over the place and do full. Sh- I don't see him doing the full shows. I mean, I know he can drum fine, but I don't think it, you know at 72 there's any reason to put himself through that. Why put yourself through that every night? No, let let it, let Eric Singer have it, you know, it's because he can represent the Revenge lineup as well. So, fuck one off. thing I noticed is, uh, you know, where's Tommy Thayer? I haven't seen that. The only thing I've seen of Tommy Thayer is that children's book or whatever yeah. he had done. But uh, Ernest Hummingbird. He's yeah, he's doing a, a you know that, but. Uh, what else? I guess he's maybe he's golfing or, or who knows what with Al Cooper or somebody. But um, you know, you know what's he up to? You know, it's like, I think finally has has the time to finish Kissology Four or something. Though I don't know. <laughs> wishful thinking. Wishful. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. I, I, yeah, I, wish- I don't know. I mean, it's it's funny though because Tommy strikes me as a guy though that probably has a lot of things going on in the background that we don't know about. He's a, seems like a pretty resourceful business sort of guy. So I, I can't imagine him having any real woes at this point. He's probably keeping himself pretty busy with stuff I could imagine, but you know, it's, it's, it's very interesting because now when we talked about this stuff before, you always, um, always had the situation where people are saying, no, Ace, they'll never bring Ace back. They'll never bring this guy back. But now it seems like everybody's, you know, more expecting almost that things are good. Maybe we will see these people back in it. So I, I'm really curious to see what will happen in in the end. I was just thinking uh, to- Tommy's busy in the background writing for the next Kiss album. I mean, his next solo album. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> hey, why, why should Tommy not do a solo project or do a... Uh shall we say, a super group type project, you know. Mm-hmm. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd rather see that than Black and Blue opening for Kiss again. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'd rather see that than a Black and Blue reunion. Though, <laughs> no, now uh, that we've heard some of the songs on uh, The Vault that uh, went to Black and Blue, I'm like, had to, it made me reevaluate. I actually bought the digital versions. I didn't have uh, Nasty Nasty. I couldn't be bothered uh-huh. to get the get the vinyl out and rip it either. So I did buy that to listen to some of those and uh, in heat as well. Not mm-hmm. as bad. Not as bad as I remember them being. It was always the second album that I hated with a passion. Not the not the uh, the first one with Hold On to Eighteen. The the one with oh who's the producer? Ah yeah, Fairburn. On the second mm-hmm. on the second album, I, I see a common thread here with see my taste. Yeah, see some similarities. Yeah. All right. So that's a little bit of a uh, a potpourri of Kiss topics today, dominated by Lonnie, who got to do some speaking. Ken Sorry. Ken did indeed speak today. Um, Ken, who got to do some listening. <laughs> Be, before we wrap up I, I do want to just do one more uh, side topic and that refers to Mark how are things Jesus Christ that was work they can go away uh, Mark vinyl. the vinyl what's going on because I know you started the pre-sales last week was it not yeah um, it's going actually really 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 well I mean I'm I'm kind of surprised I mean I'm approaching 50 of the albums sold which means that wow. the posters will be done as far as the ones that come with the posters will be pretty much sold very soon so you guys are lucky you guys got in pretty quickly and no problem with you guys getting your stuff there um but yeah but i was surprised i'm i decided when i did it this time to sort of do my little own mock sort of pledge music style idea where i offered or test pressings that were up for sale and also offered some extra posters and people took me up on them and the, the, the test pressings went like boom the first day gone everything was gone from that right away and the posters people have been ordering them too like crazy i mean i i want to give a really sincere thank you to everybody who's 
you know, in supporting this and has been, you know, involved in this. And I really thank you guys because, I mean, it's been going much better mm -hmm. than the first record even went. And, you know, I'm still getting orders every day. And like even, yeah, even this morning, I got a, an order from a couple of young kids from Sweden who bought the first album on CD. So, I mean, it's still Daniel. going and things are picking <laughs> things are picking up steam. So I'm, I'm very happy with it. And I just went out today to get some tests done of the posters that are going to go in, not only for the album, but the extra ones. I wanted to just try some different kinds of papers and different sorts of thicknesses and just, you know, get the best quality. I don't want, I'm adamant about that. I do not want to shortchange anybody as far as quality. I don't care if I have to put in a couple of extra bucks of my own. I want this to be top notch and good for everybody because I think the last record came out really well. I've never had a complaint about it. Everybody said it came out really nicely. So I want to keep that standard up with this one too. That last record was beautiful. And, you know, from, from the moment I got it, I just love the colors. Uh, reminds me of a Satriani pr pressing, not of this earth that I had in that <laughs> color at one point. So, uh, you know, good stuff, Mark. And so if anyone doesn't know where to find Mark, uh, Facebook, Project Gemini with a K. Yep. And uh, www.projectgemini.com. There's there's information on there as well. There's also like a, like you said, there's a on Facebook. There's a Project Gemini group and a fan page kind of thing too as well. So uh, but uh, yeah, you can find it. And I also have the YouTube uh channel as well. So isn't, if you go on YouTube, isn't there also the sub sub site the Bob Ezrin haters page or something? <laughs> Uh, you guys are gonna, you guys are gonna get me whacked. All right, so that's that that's a little bit of everything for this week. So uh, we do thank you for giving you our uh, giving us your ears and listening to us uh, ramble on. So uh, wherever you do listen to us, do. Uh, Remember to subscribe, to like or not like, leave, leave as a review, get into the conversation, and uh, hey, you know, we appreciate it. So we'll see you next time. Bye for now. Thank you for spending time listening to the Kiss FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the Kiss FAQ message board and discuss the topic we broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.